I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story. Welcome to our study on the fourfold gospel. There's a link in the show notes to the lesson book that we're working through together. Basically, this study looks at all four gospel accounts together, and there are some questions we work through to guide us in our study. Thanks for joining us. What do you think of the book so far? I like it. Cool. It'll be good. But let's start with a word of prayer. Almighty God in heaven, we're thankful that once again we've been able to come together and to look into uh, your, your gospel message in four accounts, uh, to learn about the life of your son and, and the example he set for us and, and the, uh, the sacrifice he made for us. Help us in our study to have the right attitude that you'd have us to as we look at your scriptures, to understand these things the way you intend and to become better servants of yours. We're prayerful for all those on our list with health concerns and difficult problems in life. Help us all to lean on one another and and trust in you and and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if we go in our books here, and we're on page 9, ready for that section called the Annunciation of the Birth of Jesus. Uh, But if we think back, what we've kind of studied here so far, we've looked at the introductions of John's Gospel and Luke's Gospel and and making the point that Jesus is God, and Jesus is creator, he's involved in creation. Um, we, we saw some references to us being adopted as sons, um, and the, the re- recognizing that Jesus is eternal, and before John the Baptist, even though John the Baptist was physically older in terms of birth order, but Jesus is before John, G- as opposed to Moses bringing the law of Moses, Jesus brought grace and truth. And then we looked at these genealogies and made the point that Jesus is in the line of David, of course, the, the, the line of the kings, and also in the line of Adam. And Adam is said to be the son of God in that genealogy because, of course, God directly created Adam. And then also uh, that whole, all the references to Jesus being the son of man seems to be related to Adam as well, since the word for Adam and man are the same. And then we've, we're looking at the miraculous conception of John and the announcements of that, Zechariah going mute. And that's, and that's kind of where we, we got uh, to this point where we're going to look at. And I think the, the, the lesson, the question actually puts a little bit out of order here. Uh, it's going to talk about um, announcing the birth of Jesus to 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 Joseph and to Mary. And I think if we try to put all this together, it happens to Mary first, that you're you're going to be um, um you're going to conceive of the Holy Spirit. And then later we see Joseph uh, as he comes to know that she's pregnant, that this angel comes to to sort of calm him down that this is actually uh, God's plan and that sort of thing. So so the question actually brings Joseph in first. So let's, let's not do that. Let's go to question 17, uh, which would be Luke 126, 
Luke 1, 26 through 38. Let's just read that. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And I'll just make a comment. I think the sixth month is a reference to Elizabeth's sixth month of gestation of, the God, of John the Baptist rather than the sixth month of the year. Verse 27, to a virgin betrothed to a man named, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of David, of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of, the, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So I think verse questions 17 and 18 will kind of focus on this area of our text. So question 17 asks us, whose throne did the angel tell Mary that her son would occupy, and why could he do that? Verse 32, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and we studied the genealogies already, and we wasn't, I mean, it's some generations back, his father, but that's, that's the way things were talked about, the throne of his father, David. And, and why could he do that? And I, I think they're asking, why could Jesus be on the throne of David? I think that's the question here. Maybe, maybe the question is, why could the angel say that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, why could he do it? Because he was a son. Yeah, yeah. Or because of these genealogies point out that he, he legitimately was in the lineage of David, both with regard to, to Joseph's and Mary's lineage, if you take that, that's the difference in the, the Matthew and Luke account of the genealogies. The angel from God was saying it, I guess, is part of it too. Um, other thoughts about either parts of that question. Okay, question 18 asks, what did Mary ask the angel after being told she was to bear a son? And then what was his response? That's not how it works in nature, right? So how, how can this be? How can this be since I am a virgin? And then the response. What was the response? I think verse 35. Right, Verse 35 says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy child shall be called the Son of God. Okay. Now the question order that I've messed up here, we go back to question 15, 
which really is ahead, but I don't want to get too far out of joint of the book here. Um, question 15 and 16, we'll, we'll turn our attention to Matthew chapter 1 now. So if we look at Matthew 1, 18, now we're, we're thinking about, uh, we just thought about Mary being announced about this happening, but now thinking about Joseph having this announced to him as well. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, so the questions here, questions 15 and 16. When Joseph learned that Mary was to have a child, what was he going to do and why? He was going to put her away. Right, because what would, I mean, the implication is, hey, this is my betrothed wife. It's sort of like engaged, but it's a little more committed than what we think of. She's committed to be my wife, but I haven't been with her yet, and she's pregnant. What am I supposed to think, right? She's been impure would be the implication. He was very merciful of the way he intended to do that. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, he didn't want her to be a public example, you know. And in our in our thinking today, he would just walk away from her. But betrothing was uh, that binding contract was just as strong as the marriage contract back then. Right. That might make us think, well, they're not married yet. How could they get divorced, no. or how could he put her away? But 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 you're right. The betrothal wasn't wasn't quite like what we think of an engagement. It was, they're essentially already committed and as a covenant of marriage, but yet haven't reached the point where they've had what we would think of as the wedding and then getting together and living together. And that's, I think that same imagery of, of the husband who goes to prepare the new home right. so that then they can get married and have the new home, I think that that's some of the same imagery we think of when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come back for you, that you were the bride of Christ. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. It's this idea at that time, sort of like in maybe in maybe in South America still today in Hispanic culture, they'll have an extended family that all lives together and they'll maybe add on to the house and have a new, a new home. That's sort of the idea of what went on there. And so when we think of Jesus preparing a place for us in heaven and the new Jerusalem or however we want to talk about that, that's the idea as well. So we need to remain pure so that we can be with, be with him in that sense as the bride of Christ. But that's a little bit of a sidebar. <laughs> so good, good stuff.
So he was going to put her away because of perceived impurity. Uh, in response to this, who appeared to Joseph? And what did he reveal? Verse 20. It says there, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is a miraculous deal, not what you're assuming is, has gone on here. Right? It's a hard situation, right? And, and one of the things I've alluded to, but I'll go into it a little more now, is the sequence of this. So this question falls here in our book, but uh, it's announced to her there in Luke chapter 1, 32, to Mary. So Mary learns, oh, I'm going to be pregnant and it's going to be miraculous. But then, and the rest of our questions on this page are going to go into, uh, um, after she learns of that, she also, of course, learns about Elizabeth being pregnant, having been barren, an older woman, not, not the age you'd expect to be able to have children, another miraculous pregnancy. So she goes off and visits Elizabeth, who the whole six months thing, right? The six months into her pregnancy. And Mary stays with her three months. And then when it's time to have the birth, it seems, it seems that Mary leaves. I mean, maybe whether or not she was really there for the birth or not. But it seems like right around there she leaves and comes back. So she's coming back to Nazareth after three months. So, you know. Maybe part of, you, you just thinking of, uh, from a human perspective, Ma- Mary was probably kind of freaked out about this and wanted to see Elizabeth, of course. But maybe there's a sense of kind of hiding, like, I'm pregnant, but I'm, I'm out of here, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but having to come back after three months, perhaps, I'm not sure exactly when women begin to show, but at some point, that <laughs> begins to be clear. And the verse 18 here in Matthew 1 says that she was found to be with child. I mean, it says by the Holy Spirit, but she, so it was discovered by whatever, whatever that means. I, I don't know that I read into it necessarily that Mary went to Joseph and said, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. I think there was a fair amount of dis, uh, separation before the marriage uh, that went on. And it doesn't really talk about a conversation between them. But Joseph made these decisions based on this information. Well, since, since I've learned that she's pregnant, I'm going to quietly divorce her. Yeah, imagine that conversation with the parents, you know, because she would have presumably come home to her parents after three months. Trying to explain what had happened, but to them they're like, that's a little crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mary, that's not how that works, Mary. You can almost imagine these, these conversations. Yeah, and the angel appears to Mary and to Joseph and not to mom and dad. I mean, they don't say that, so, you know, there's this implication that this, is, this looks shameful to others. Look in Luke, you can see it's the same angel. They mention him by name in Luke. It says, here in Matthew, it just says the angel of the Lord. So, I, yeah. I think, maybe I read that wrong. I'm thinking in Luke it mentioned him. It, it does mention Michael. I believe it's Michael in Luke. Is it Gabriel? <laughs> okay. There's a name <laughs> in Luke. Okay. But I don't think there's a, a name given in uh, Matthew. Apparently, I can't remember the names anyway. But um, anyway, but um, in, in my gut tells me it's the same one. But you can't. I don't know that you can prove that. He didn't publicly embarrass her. He took her as his wife and assumed by everyone this is Joseph's child. Yes, and perhaps with 
you know, as we're going to study, and we, and we are familiar with, of course, they go to Bethlehem, you know, for the, for the census while she's pregnant, you know, unclear to me exactly the timing on all of that, but, but she gives birth there in Bethlehem. So she's kind of away and then ultimately comes back sometime later, perhaps some years later. Uh, so that may have been, it may have been obscured from folks, but, you know, small town rumors and all that, you, it, it, you kind of wonder who all knows what and that kind of thing. Yeah, the idea is that uh, uh, Joseph did some things that he shouldn't have done. And maybe that's, maybe that's how it was looked at. But that would still be a, a bigger stigma than, than, than we would think maybe today. So, um, you're, you're getting into one of my bonus questions I intend to bring up later, where, where uh, Mary, when she meets Elizabeth, she goes on and on with this, what we call the Magnificat, and, and this lengthy uh, psalm, or whatever we might call it, uh, with, with references, seemingly references and quotations to Old Testament writings. and. Uh, it seems in the style of, of Hannah and, and, and I believe 1 Samuel 2. And so one of the questions I have, it talks about Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit and saying some things. It talks about Zechariah. But it doesn't. Men- I don't think it mentions that Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet she goes on and says these profound things. And so I kind of wonder if maybe, in fact, she, she did have... Uh, a, a good, a better grasp of the scriptures than, than perhaps that you were suggesting. I don't know. I mean, we have to infer that. But of course, these they had synagogues in these different towns, and um, the women would be somewhat excluded from some of that. But uh, but uh, so anyway, I don't know. That's a question, open question I have. But that's that's a little farther ahead. <laughs> so Jared, your comments kind of got into what really is question sixteen: What prophecies were fulfilled by the birth of Jesus? Isaiah seven fourteen. Yeah, Isaiah seven fourteen, and I think that's what's uh, is that what we've got here? Behold, the virgin shall be with child yeah. here. Um, yeah, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay. Well, that's the one I wrote down. That's the one that's alluded to here. So there's references to uh, to Bethlehem as well. Um, that are prophesied, we could we could bring out, but I think that's the primary one. Is Isaiah seven fourteen. All right. So jumping over questions seventeen and eighteen to nineteen, there Mary Mary's visit to Elizabeth. We've been alluding to that already. So let's go back to Luke, Luke one thirty nine. Let's read thirty nine through forty five. That chunk there. Luke one thirty nine. Now at this time. Mary arose and went in a hurry to, to the hill country, to a city of Judah. And I, I guess just point out, this is right after she was told about this miraculous thing, that she's going to become with child from the Holy Spirit. Right after that, now she's, she's going on this trip. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she 
who believed that, that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So question 19 asks us about the relationship. What was Mary's relationship to Elizabeth? Yeah, and that was actually up, up here in verse 36 where the angel said, Behold, even your relative or cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. I, I did a little bit of research on that. I guess it doesn't really matter um, what exactly the relationship was, but it's, it's a pretty broad term of just relative, kinsman. Uh, it's a word used in Romans 9.3 where Paul's addressing other fellow Jews as kinsmen as well. Um, I, I got a, a little bit carried away with my comments last time thinking about, well, but which tribe are they and all this kind of thing, but I lost sight of the fact that the tribe of Levi doesn't have land, <laughs> land inheritance, so that was the whole prohibition on intermarriage between the tribe was, was because of the land, but uh, there could be intermarriage with Levi because they didn't have land to inherit anyway, so from what I understand, there was some intermarriage between the tribe of Levi, which is what Elizabeth and Zechariah were, and then Mary and Joseph were of the tribe of Judah, so the fact that their close relation would not have been weird as I was suggesting. I did make a mention of this map. Um, so Jerusalem's down here, and that was roughly the, the line. North of that was, in the divided kingdom, that was Israel, and Jerusalem and south of that was Judah. And so then later, Samaria became what was left of that. But we see, you know, Jesus is way up north of all that in Galilee, so we have some spreading out and things. And this, I think this would be roughly 70 miles that uh, that Mary would have traveled to go visit Elizabeth and then go back and then come essentially down again to where Bethlehem is in that same vicinity. So got some big travels there. Why was it in haste? Uh, where exactly are, are we? With, oh, verse 39. Probably she's excited. My my relative, who's like really old, is pregnant. That, that's one thing. I would be excited. And in, in knowing six months, well, the, the birth's coming. I need to come visit her. And, and maybe maybe understanding this this draw of uh, between these two women and the miraculous births and the, the things that they ultimately said and you know, John leaping in the womb and all, all of this, these uh, miraculous aspects of it. Right, right. So she had been barren. So she was, and we talked about what age they were. I don't know we really know, but we might imagine, you know, 60, 70-year-old from, from the way folks live today, that that would be pretty unthinkable that someone that age would be able to be pregnant. But yet, that, that's what ultimately happened. I think it, mm-hmm. Mary's world's turned upside down. You're you're planning to get married soon, but in fact you're you're pregnant and it's miraculous and go figure that out. Well, it would be comforting to go. Hey, your cousin is having a weird miraculous pregnancy too. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, you guys can have a good time and. Well, how wonderful for God to to provide that for her. Right. You know that's that's what I look at it as. You know, and, and He knew she needed that, and so so I don't think it was a fluke. Sure. This is all God's plan. For her to know that, and that she needed that time with Elizabeth, and I think that that's wonderful how God provides for people in times of their need. 
Don, did you have a comment? Well, I thought I did, but uh, verse 36 tells us that Elizabeth was in her sixth month. You don't know how long it took for Mary to get to her. She may have been excited to be there, to try to be there just before the, the birth. Yeah. And uh, that may have been the thing for her to hurry along. Yeah, I think that could have been part of it. And my guess would be that would be several days journey. But I'm not super sure. Walking 70 miles, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, too, it was, you know, God, this angel's telling her about Elizabeth because the situation that she's in right at the moment would be a very confusing situation. And maybe it was just better for her to get away from everything and figure out things than to be in the middle of the turmoil of what would be going on. While she was gone, maybe for those three months, you know, her parents are trying to figure things out. Joseph is trying to get things figured out, how they're going to take care of the situation, mm-hmm. do it quietly and everything, and then for her to come back. Because at three months, she's not going to get any smaller. Right. So it's, it made, everything was settled at that time. And I think Logan's point is valid here, too, to think she would have been nurtured in the word. You would, you would think in a priestly family uh, for that three months, perhaps, she was able to get grounded in her faith a little more with everything she's going through. Uh, I just don't want to get ahead of everything because we're getting into this, like, next week. But I think it's interesting that, uh, that when, uh, when the two women greet each other, Elizabeth, it seems that Elizabeth already knew uh, about the, uh, the coming birth of Mary. Well, she's filled with the Holy Spirit there in verse 41, so there's some stuff going on, right? <laughs> she had this big, uh, big, big event in herself, yeah. you know, and, uh, and she speaks about uh, the mother of our Lord when she greets Mary. Yes. Okay, we'll pick up on question 20 next time, Lord willing. Thanks for all your comments. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love.